Another week, another Football Tailgaters podcast where we go over hot topics in the NFL. Let me introduce ourselves, starting with our Jets fan, Yams, Andy the Unbiased fan in the group, and myself, Aaron, I'm the Cowboys fan in the group. And we just finally finished Super Bowl weekend, specifically Super Bowl Sunday. That was probably one of the better Super Bowls I've seen myself in like the last few years, right? After, especially after Tom Brady retired. But anyways, there's a lot to unpack for this Super Bowl Sunday. And we've got a lot to talk about specifically with the 49ers, Patrick Mahomes, you know, got to throw the Cowboys in there somehow. We'll talk about that as well. Now that the offseason is about to basically, I mean, start, a lot of stuff is going to happen. There's still a lot of question marks for some teams. And right, we've got to talk about the draft eventually. But let's get started with the Super Bowl and get that out of our heads. Let's try and warm up here. So what do you guys think? What do you guys what what are your guys' thoughts on this Super Bowl? What a it was a great game. Uh, I did not expect it to go into overtime. I did think I was thinking that the Chiefs were actually going to be a little bit better than that that than how they started. Basically the first half you can say it was a little boring. I mean the both teams struggled. And I really thought that the 49ers were going to be trailing in the second half. But no, it was the other way around. But I always believed that Mahomes was always going to be able to pull it off in the end. So the better team won. What about you, Yams? Yeah, I actually never doubted that the Kansas City Chiefs will be able to pull it off. It wasn't boring in the first half. It was just, you know, a close game. And that's kind of what I liked. Um, I actually doubled down on my bet. So I went ahead and put more money on the Chiefs, just <laughs> knowing that they were going to get it done. Um, right. I was surprised I went to overtime. I, I really am. And two good defenses just made it a close game. I, it, it was it was definitely a, a very defensive-sided game in the first half. At, at least it seemed like it, especially for the first quarter. Zero points were scored in the first quarter. And it was very, very slow-paced because it was just back and forth, back and forth. And, and obviously there were some mistakes that were caused within themselves, you know, for either the 49ers or the Chiefs, right, with fumbles and stuff like that. And I, I personally saw, right, you, you could tell that this is, for the Chiefs, this was definitely the weakest team for Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey and so on, right, for their core dynasty. You can argue core dynasty, right? But, I mean, that's, that's something we can talk about. But um, it, it was pretty impressive. And especially in the second half, I am also surprised that it went into uh, overtime. Um, but I didn't like the way it was going when it was halftime. I was like, this is tough. And especially when the Chiefs had a chance to possibly close out the game to instead of being down by seven points to be down by three points. And you could tell that Patrick Mahomes was really trying his best. And especially with Kelsey getting frustrated, right? You saw the whole like dramatic moment of Kelsey bumping into Andy Reid and whatever. Bumping? Uh, just, just showing <laughs> the passion. Know pumping, but yeah. I'm pumping or bumping? I'm sorry, bumping. Bumping. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, he wasn't bumping. He, he well, he didn't tackle him. him. He startled, he's like, you know, when you get mad at a little kid, you grab he his arm. He startled him. That's what I said. He startled him. Yeah. Well, it, it looked like whatever. I mean, who cares? But I mean, the guy <laughs> was showing his passion and that's what it is. Patrick Mahomes, Kelsey, th those players, th those are very passionate players, especially with Chris Jones at the beginning. You saw him crying again. He was, he's at the Super Bowl, at the peak again. He's back at it where he's at, right? He's glad he's re-signed with this team. And they're so far, I mean, they're proving to be one of the best teams 
out there in recent times, right? Right after the whole dynasty with the Patriots and Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. This is something special. So that's going to segue into this question. I'm going to ask you guys this. Is Patrick Mahomes at Tom Brady's level? It might be too early. I know it's all about the rings, and I'm sure Patrick Mahomes will get there. But right now, I do think that he is a whole lot better than Tom Brady because he's more athletic. And I mean, that's it. I I don't know. It's too early to say. Based on stats, Patrick Mahomes has done more than Tom Brady based on what each player has achieved by age of 28. Mahomes wins in completing percentage, passing touchdowns, passing yards, rushing, Pro Bowls, all, All Pros, Super Bowl MVPs. I mean, you name it. But... It's always going to come down to rings. Tom Brady has seven, and that will always squash the, comp- the comparison, in my opinion. Even Patrick Mahomes said, said the following after the Super Bowl win last night. Yeah, I hear it, the comparisons. To me, it's always going to be tough because Brady beat me in the Super Bowl. I mean, I'm not even close to halfway, so I haven't put a lot of thought into it. That just solidifies that he still needs more rings in order to compete with Tom Brady. I'm just... I think I think he's I bet he's so grateful that it's even in that same conversation to answer the question. He's not there yet, obviously. Right. Because you're comparing the straight up because the rings matter. Right. It's seven Super Bowl rings compared to Patrick Mahomes, three Super Bowls. Now it's statistically you you look at the uh, like the the stats like when right when you're playing the games and whatever. But when whenever you look at like the success, right, with MVPs and, and whatever, it, it seems like at the pace he's at for his age, he's going to be there as long as, again, it's it's this whole like dynamic with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, kind of similar to Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, right? And maybe we'll see eventually Travis Kelsey leave, right? Uh, Chris Jones leaving. And there's going to be rotations in the roster. And the plan is to keep these two pieces together because they both work so well. And it's so satisfying the way, especially Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid do it, right? Especially with this Super Bowl. There was, this was a great example. The way they were able to accomplish this win was very impressive and very exciting to watch. And we're going to get to the point to where we're right now seeing the change of like, wow, these guys are amazing. A lot of people appreciate this. And it's going to get to the point where it's going to be annoying and people are going to hate this guy, just like how they hated Tom Brady. And I think that's a shame. But I mean... Haters, they're always going to be there. They're always going to be loud. People hate seeing success. That's just what it is. But Patrick Mahomes, I think, has the potential. And I think he will be up there with Tom Brady. I don't know if he'll pass him, but I think he definitely has that potential at the rate he's going right now. I'm with you. We are extremely lucky that we have another type of dynasty after the Bill Belichick, Tom Brady era. Now a new generation is coming to watch the NFL, and this is going to be the new dynasty. And we're seeing a different type of talent than how Tom Brady was. Tom Brady was a like a, a pocket passer quarterback, and he just knew how to decipher to beat the defense that he yeah, was playing against. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't see that from Mahomes yet, but I'm sure he'll get there. No, he'll no, I think he is getting. He's yeah. like really close to it. But the thing is that with Mahomes, you have the dynamic of his athleticism and how he's able to run and move away from from the defensive linemen or linebackers. It's just at a really, really high level. And like we said, he's 28 years old. He already has three Super Bowls. He's been to four Super Bowls already. So count that as well. The one with Tom Brady beat him? Well, the one that Tom Brady beat him, yeah, yes. 
I, 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 I think it's annoying when the arguments say that Tom Brady will always be better because he beat him in the Super Bowl. I don't think that's just that, that simple. No, like, it's not that more, simple. Yeah, because he was it's young. Really it's really not that yeah, simple. Yeah, it's not that simple. I mean, Tom Brady had like 20 years experience and Mahomes had like, what, like four years experience like or three? Yeah. It's not that, yeah, you, you can't do that. But it is going to, in my opinion, it is always going to come down to rings. It's always that situation like with the Michael Jordan compared to LeBron James. LeBron James is a really great talent. Uh, he's won a, a lot of rings with a lot of different teams. But it always comes down to how many rings you have in the end. And Tom Brady, he said that he wanted the Michael Jordan type of level rings. And he surpassed him with seven compared to Michael Jordan six. There's going to be people that think um uh, what makes a player great and and yeah it, it i think it goes into like sections and one of the main ones is who has the more rings or who's broken the most records and stuff like that you know what i mean and and people are going to see it in certain ways only because that's what they think is important what do you think is important it's it's totally up to you right, right? and it is what it is but you can't ignore the fact that the the success in someone's career is and someone like Tom Brady, right, is going to be hard to accomplish. But we're seeing something special. Again, I'm reiterating, reiterating this with Patrick Mahomes is he's getting up there and you can't deny that. His success in his career, it, it's getting up there with Tom Brady, but he's still got ways to go, right? Yeah. Not, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Right. But oh, he's well, still he actually special. said it himself and when yeah. the whole trophy ceremony was happening. He's like, no, we're, we're just getting started. This is like not the end or anything. He still has his focus to going and winning more. And that's what I love about his competition, his competitiveness. It's just it's just at an extremely high level, just as Tom Brady was. Now, yeah, if, if he's if that's going to bother him, if that's going to be used as fuel, right? Like. I guess as time goes on, maybe we'll see more of that. I don't know what it is, but I, I really appreciate what he's done. And it's going to be great uh, future, right? Uh, I think they'll have a pretty good chance right now. 49ers for the next Super Bowl are favorites. And then it's, I believe, the Chiefs right after. So I want to segue to the 49ers now. It's a tough loss, and I totally get that. I I had it to where my 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 gut was saying 49ers. But then my heart was like the Chiefs because, you know, nothing against the players with the 49ers, but I'm just not a big fan of the 49ers fan base and, and right their whole legacy and stuff like that. Obviously, Cowboys fan, blah, 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 whatever. Who cares? Are the 49ers cursed after the Super Bowl loss? I would call it the Cousins curse because no team has lost to Kirk Cousins and won a Super Bowl in the same year. If you're a 49ers fan, it does seem the 49ers are cursed as they have gone to the Super Bowl three times the last 11 years and cannot win at all. They lost in 2013 versus the Ravens when the lights unexpectedly went out in New Orleans. They lost the Super Bowl in 2020 versus the Chiefs. All their quarterbacks got injured in the 2022 NFC Championship versus the Eagles. And now they lost once again to the Kansas City Chiefs. And you got to give them credit. They rise from the NFL gods putting them in a place with one of the wor worst trades in NFL history, giving three first round picks for Trey Lance, an injury prone quarterback that they had tr to trade away for a fourth round pick. At the end of the day, I'm sure the 49ers will be back uh, as to the Super Bowl. Um, and I don't think it's too much of a of a curse as other teams. I mean, as the Bills fans, <laughs> yeah. who is more cursed? Uh, yeah. And the ones that haven't won a Super Bowl yet. 
Exactly. It's, there's there's worse curses out there, and I don't think. Well, if you want to play levels, sure, they're cursed, but not to the same degree as other teams, right? I mean, at least they're making it to the Super Bowl, but there are unfortunate circumstances to where you're faced against someone as great as Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, right? And it's a tough hurdle to overcome. And I think at this point, like it's more about who can be, who can dethrone that dynasty over there that they were building. And the 49ers are the closest thing to it. And it's, it's tough. It seemed like they had it at halftime and then they were slipping. And you can say a whole bunch of things about the running game and McCaffrey and how they kind of shied away from it. Right. Second half. And also injuries. You can't, you can't ignore the injuries. I'm not saying it's a full excuse, but injuries do matter. And they had some pretty significant injuries. And also the timing of the injuries were pretty bad. So it is what it is. But they got a special team over there. They'll be back, unfortunately, for me. <laughs> I think it's great that we even have competition. And I appreciate it. But the 49ers are definitely not cursed. At least they made it. But that's just my opinion on that. Yeah, for sure. And then it was just unfortunate the situations that were happening to them. I mean, give also credit to the defense of the Chiefs. They took away Debo Samuel. You didn't see Ayuk that much. I mean, they just appeared here and there, but very little. Not They weren't as, as elite we saw them in previous games. And that's just me of, of giving my opinion of the whole NFC conference. Basically, they're trash this year. Um, and the end of... In the NFC, the 49ers were the only ones that were just as high enough to play to be competitive enough, competitive enough for like against the Ravens, the the Bills, and the Chiefs. Uh, all the other NFC teams, they're just they're just a joke to me this year. And it was just unfortunate that a whole bunch of things were going on also in the wrong way. I mean, you do have the fumble uh, with the 49ers, and then you also had that unfortunately. Uh, punt that it hit the heel of one of the special teams players for the 49ers that was just big time unfortunate that just gave more points to the chiefs it, it is a really heartbreaker for heart for 49ers fans but i mean at the end the best the better team won so who would you say is at fault for the loss for the 49ers a lot of fingers are being pointed at the head coach cal shanahan cal shanahan's decision to receive the ball in overtime made many to scratch their heads but there's the kick but here's the kicker a few 49ers players, including the fullback Kyle Jusic, not knowing the overtime rules in the Super Bowl compared to the Chiefs, in which the team practice over the overtime scenarios before the game. I mean, that just shows you that the better prepared team won the game. They have a very good team, and they have all the necessary weapons. They have a great defense. Brock Purdy was okay, did not cost them the game, but also didn't do much to finish it at the same time it's just one of those things that a lot of bad luck happened and it favored the chiefs even though they had i believe they have more turnovers than the 49ers it just when the when it happened it favored the chiefs and they were able to capitalize them and also the overtime mess that was a mess receive the ball you have a chance to have a crack at it if the chiefs don't make it i i don't know I think it is Kyle Shanahan again. I mean, they were really co- close to scoring. Oh, that's Brock Purdy problem. They were pretty <laughs> close to scoring. I just they were close, right yeah, there. They were right there. But then we go back to how we were talking about about the about how Mahomes is just more experienced. He would have been made, in my opinion, a really big time experienced quarterback would have been able to read that defense, knowing that that the def, uh, the defensive end Jones was going to come like running through and just breaking through and you would have put a set up a play 
to have a, a player just to be open right away. I mean, Mahomes did it when the when the 49ers basically did man-to-man and he knew all the players were going to go at him and he, and he took the run and then Patrick Mahomes got the first down and then some. It's just in the, it's just unfortunate that for Brock Purdy, it just didn't work that well, but it's because he's really, really new. But he did a great job. I mean, he didn't have an interception and he played really well. It's just that the better defense won, unfortunately, for them. You, you would want to... You would want to be Kyle Shanahan and not do the same mistakes as you did the first time. And like how Aaron just said, he shied away from the run in the second half. Because it wasn't working in the first half. So he was trying to adjust to it, even though they were they were up um, mostly in the first half, but they weren't as, as up as they would want to. I would be consistent with the run. That's your best player. It It's not easy and i i think especially when you're in the moment you can overthink some things and then some things can just go right over your head where you could possibly miss it and that was one of his we'll never know we'll never know we'll never know if it was a mistake or not if he sticks to the running game because it it, like andy said it wasn't working but it is strange when your best player on the team isn't getting the ball as much as he needs to And this is where it goes a little bit more to Brock Purdy. I don't fully blame Brock Purdy for that loss. And I do find it um, concerning that Shanahan, who is obviously, you know, he's a mastermind and stuff like that. But um, why he couldn't find better ways to give the ball to McCaffrey is interesting when I feel like he's such like he's a Swiss army knife. And, And obviously you have other weapons as well. It's just so strange to me how you can build like such a star-studded team and still not get through the hump, uh, and especially when you're up, right? And also, it's concerning that the coaching staff weren't responsible enough to tell these players about the overtime rules. That was really concerning. That was really concerning. How do you not know about that? Exactly. It's it's insane to me. I remember so, Donovan McNabb, and this was like already like a few years into his career, he did not know the overtime rules. Donovan McNabb, an uh, ex quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles, and right. he went into overtime against the Cincinnati Bengals, and they tied. It ended in a tie, and he, and he said in the post in a, the post game that he just didn't know the rules. It's just mind boggling for me. You're an NFL player, an NFL quarterback, and you don't know the rules. Like we as fans, we we. We kind we it sounds like we know the rules more than them. So I guess I mean that, that's very very strange uh, and very embarrassing too. And and how far does this like who who does it go back to right? Because you can look at a lot of coaches. You can maybe say the offensive coordinator, and then that connects to the head coach, and so on and so on. Right? How do you not practice for this? How do you not prepare for this scenario? Especially right. when the game is going to be competitive, which is what your assumption is. You want to try your best. And that's exactly what they couldn't really do, honestly, because they weren't prepared for it. And you can see that. I think the unsung hero, though, is definitely the Kansas City Chiefs defense. They were able to do their job and more. And they were able to buy plenty of opportunities for Patrick Mahomes. And I think that it's just kind of like the you're seeing a lot of the spotlight to Patrick Mahomes. But, oh, my gosh, the Kansas City Chiefs defense was amazing to hold that star-studded team on the other side the san francisco 49ers all those weapons that they have over there it's right. it's crazy to me the way it went down but i i would say partially i would say it's brock purdy right because the guy isn't all that great obviously 
we know, obviously we know he's no Patrick Mahomes. No shot he is. And I wouldn't put him anywhere like below uh, 15, top 15 quarterbacks, obviously. I would say that's partially his fault because he wasn't able to make some throws. And it, it, we show, it shows more of who he is as a player, right? And how, he, how he's able to handle those moments under pressure. And also I blame Kyle Shanahan for obviously a bunch of questionable things that could have affected this game, which was probably shying away from the running game, right? Maybe even letting or I guess preparing for scenarios like the overtime. And I, I don't know. It's just so strange to me. I don't know. Um, I don't um, know. I, just be, just before we move on, I just want to like compare of how the players didn't know the overtime. I mean, if you go, if you compare to like real, like the day to day working Joe. I mean, when you go to school, I mean, we can see like in hard knocks that all the each like t- each type of player, whether you're a running back or a linebacker or cornerback, there's always like a coach for that particular position. And then you you have a room where you go into the teachings of what you should do in this situation and what the situation. I mean, why wasn't the overtime rules ever, ever explained, especially if you're going into the Super Bowl? And then also, I blame the players. You as a player, this is your job. This is your passion, supposedly, to get all the way to this level in the in the NFL and to get to the Super Bowl and you don't know the rules like a passionate person will know uh, dead end and dead out all of the things that you're when you're like selling a product as a salesman you would know everything about the product in order to just be able to sell it and if you are a player and you don't know everything about your product that is very very unfortunate for that team and that's why I also point the, uh, the blame at the players as well definitely 100 percent. i think it's more of the players because so simple the fact that you play that game right the you play football how do you not know about your own rules right and especially something so important is this perhaps maybe them being cocky and getting too comfortable at the fact that hey this is such an easy ride to the super bowl and winning the super bowl and especially when it was so i guess um it was well known that this is the weakest Kansas City Chiefs team we've seen under Patrick Mahomes and, and Andy Reid. Right, and the offense. Yeah, and the offense. I, I think it was them getting too comfortable with the situation and not trying hard enough. And I think that was something that might have affected that. I'm not saying that that's exactly what it was, but to me it makes sense, you know? All right, right. Yeah, and... It's just, I know that we're going to be talking about a player and it's just, it could be like how you're saying that just players are just spoiled and they just, maybe they think like it's just an easy ride. And I mean, how many players in college would have loved to be in the NFL and they just didn't get that chance. But because you guys have the talent, I mean, just the talented players sometimes outshine the outperforming uh, that was that worked in day in and day out to get to that elite level. But just because the other player was just more talented than you got into the NFL and maybe didn't work as hard. It's just based on pure talent. And a lot of these players, I, I believe, just take it. How how would you say it? Um, they don't know what they have. They take it for, for granted. granted. Yeah, they take it for granted. Exactly. So let's talk about a player that's not on the San Francisco 49ers, but on the Dallas Cowboys. And obviously, we know what happened to them in the playoffs against the Green Bay Packers. So it was brought up that Apparently, you know, uh, Demarcus Lawrence kind of spoke on the situation and, and, and 
you know, maybe the cause of the loss and why they were, I guess, not as good as the Green Bay Packers when it came to it. He said that, he basically said that they got tired. The Cowboys got tired. The players were tired. And, well, I forgot what Micah Parsons says, but it, what are your, what are your thoughts on Demarcus Lawrence saying that the Cowboys lost because they were tired? That's a really horrible excuse. I don't know why he even said that. That makes the team look horrible. It is time for a culture change for that team. They're too, they're too spoiled. How embarrassing for your defensive captain stating on ESPN First Take that the reason that they lost in the playoffs against the Packers is that they were burnt out. He went on to say as well that for the Dallas Cowboys, it's a Super Bowl every Sunday for them because of how much attention they get. This tells me that the organization is at fault for giving these players the best facilities, top athletic trainers, the nutritionists, and not having any motivation. There is no fear in these players to get cut. Accountability if or accountability. If your captain says basically it's too much being a Dallas Cowboy player. If I were the Cowboys, I would cut him. Just to set an example of that is not the mentality that we want on this team. That's tough to cut him because the fact that someone in your own division can get him and he's demarcus lawrence first of all i don't think he's a terrible player it's just strange to me that he would bring that up because he said quote unquote in all on- honestly in all honestly i think i don't know why it says honestly it should say i guess i don't know in all honesty i think the main thing is we was burnt out so why would you bring that up specifically and especially at this point right it's sometimes getting too honest, especially publicly to where it can get posted around. It's going to affect you. How do you not think about this and think about the backlash you might face, right? You keep that to yourself. If it is true, if it is not true, because yeah, I mean, players, teams do face fatigue around the league, especially if they travel a lot, but yeah, every team. Yeah. It's well, I mean, some more than others, you get tears of it because some teams travel a lot more than others. Mm-hmm. And you can see that and even post that. And there is a difference whenever that's the case. Uh, I don't know how high up uh, that was for the Cowboys. But either way, I mean, you got to prepare for that. You know you're going to travel a lot. Prepare for that. Adapt to it. So I think that's one mistake that I think Lawrence slipped up on and he shouldn't have said. I don't think he should necessarily get cut. But I think there should be a check on him and making sure to keep him in check, I mean. And to keep leaders around him in check keeps people passionate like Micah Parsons. I, I like Stefan Gilmore, even though he's not at his peak right now. But I mean, there was a video of his reaction of him hearing those comments about Demarcus Lawrence. He, he didn't like that. He, he didn't like, I like that. And I, I think they should keep him around because of that. I, no, I, do, I don't think so, because he's your defensive no, captain. Ste- like he's the Stefan oh, Gilmore. Gilmore. No. OK, well, I, you're saying that they should not cut Demarcus Lawrence. I think they should because he is the captain. He is the one that's supposed to be the the leader of the team. And if he has this mentality, that's just going to spread over to the other players, rookies or the ones that are trying to learn. Like, oh, yeah, imagine if he's on practice and it's the playoffs. He's like, man, I'm burnt out. I'm tired. And the other players are like, yeah, you know what? I'm tired too, man. Well, let's just try our best and let's see what we can do instead of like that that grit that Micah Parsons has or other defensive players that that have that motivation to win it all and win the Super Bowl. You have this type of, you have DeMarcus Lawrence just bringing everything down and just being like, it's so whatever. It just shows how, we said it earlier, some players take it for granted. 
Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, exactly what it is. This player is taking this position for granted. I I believe they were having a discussions when they actually extended him that he might leave. They did have Randy Gregory leave the building just because of money and they just didn't come to an agreement because of something a a, a closure in in the contract that that the that Randy Gregory didn't like. And it was about to happen also to Demarcus Lawrence and Jerry Jones just stepped in and saying, no, you know what? Just pay that guy his money. But if you're paying this guy like his money, that, that it's a big time money and you're having this type of uh, mentality that's going to be spread over to the team, then you're actually is a liability instead of an asset. Is it better to say, yeah, we were tired or yeah, our coach just is not a scheme. No, you don't no, say none of those things. No, no that's just especially that, not that, the second one. You would, it's yeah, more you so. Would get, it's really more what so. Happened. What would you rather say? It's more so. What would you rather say? We were tired, or Green Bay Packers are better? Because he also said That's, that. He didn't just say easy. one or the other. He said both. Right. He right. said hats off to the Green Bay Packers because they were just they were just better. Yeah, it, we. It's it's he a simple answer. That, like I know that we as fans, we get tired of the same answers, right? But he should have just said, like, you know what? It, that's our fault. We as a players, we weren't ready and. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, I, I mean, given credit, they were actually 100% more ready than us. And that just shows sure. us that we're supposed to be better that, next year and we're going to come for it that next happens, year. That happens. And that, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that he acknowledged that. But didn't he say also something like, it's just the cost of being a cowboy or being in a Cowboys team? Well, or, that's what I was saying about that for them. Every Sunday is a Super Bowl so, for them. So It's a cost of being a cowboy. Exactly. That's yeah. uh, Again, it goes to his mentality like, oh, it's because we're a Dallas Cowboy that... It, that just it's just too much attention too, too much many pressure, eyes too, too much, much pressure, pressure on us then yeah then get out of here then if that's too much pressure i mean i'm sure all the 90s football uh players of the dallas cowboys when they heard that they were like are you kidding me and and, and it wasn't just like us being like being a frustrated there was a lot of players that were like are you kidding did he really say that something's got to change and i know that we're going to be talking about a, a defensive coordinator change um, but something big time has to change. And it might be like a blessing in disguise for Cowboy fans that Dan Quinn left. Even though I was a big fan of Dan Quinn, he did turn around the defense, but this year it just wasn't that good. So we'll see. Right. I, I, I think I would be okay with either him staying or getting cut. I, I like at the end of the day, yeah, I, I don't, it does bother me that he said those kinds of things. And ideally you don't want that on your team. But he's also a good player, and I don't think he's been awful, especially last this past season. He wasn't awful, um, but it, it's it's you can't pay the guy a lot because I don't think he's up to what I think his contract is worth up to, right? And he might want you know some more money, and I don't think the Cowboys should do that. And I think they should focus more on Micah Parsons and and getting some more talent on the free agency, right? Make it attractive for them. And right. I think that this is uh, not one of the things that makes it attractive. So, yeah, I, I think I could see them cutting Demarcus Lawrence, unfortunately. Bef- before we, we move on, there, uh, and, and I wish I, I knew who it came from, but there was an analyst in ESPN that, um, and I believe it was in the morning show there in ESPN, I don't know, but it, um, sources said it was a big-time GM and he gave a great exp- uh, explanation of how what they look for when they're looking for in the draft. So he said that there's a scenario in which you have two uh, good players. One is better than the other and talent-wise. But the the GM chose the one that was had less talent. And people were asking him, why? Why did you choose the player the, uh, with the less talent? And he said, well, 
Okay, the one with the best hand, he's he's just gonna get the points. He's gonna get the ca- the the catches and the stats and everything. But he's gonna be the one that's gonna be going out and bringing other players to the club with him. Yeah. The other player that's less talented, he's the one that did not go out, and he's the one that he's in in, in practice trying to get better and try and setting an example for the others. Even though it doesn't show that he's much of a leader, but that player is not going to be affecting the whole team like the other one that's a better talent affecting the others. That's what the, looks like. That's the type of situation that is happening here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Good I, talent, I, but it's affecting others. That's yeah. my problem. Yeah, that makes sense. And I agree with that. Um, let's move on to the defensive coordinator position for the Cowboys. Obviously, we all know at this point, unless you've been living under a rock, that Dan Quinn is now with the Washington Commanders and the position of the defensive corner for the Cowboys is open and there's a report that Rex Ryan interviewed for that position for the defensive coordinator position for the Cowboys. What are your thoughts on maybe him being the new defensive coordinator for the Cowboys? I hate this. I really do hate this. I love Rex and I wish he would come back to the Jets and take us back to a Super Bowl run. You know, he didn't finish his work over there. But he's a great defensive coordinator. And I think he's a decent head coach as well. He would change that attitude as soon as he walks in. You won't hear any tired legs. It's definitely an interesting situation. I mean, the Zimmer contract is not set in stone. Rex Ryan received a call from the Dallas Cowboys right before Adam Schefter reported that Mike Zimmer was going to be the new defensive coordinator on Sunday morning. The call was a follow-up from a Dallas Cowboy when the Cowboys actually met with Rex Ryan, according to reports, that Jerry Jones actually loved him. And they were just asking him, like, what are your thoughts? Are you going to come over or not? Rex Ryan has had a top 10 defense in all his coaching years with Baltimore and the New York Jets, except for one year. He had a top defense at Baltimore from 2005 to 2008 and as a Jets head coach from 2009 to 2013. We all know his personality and how players love to play for him. The defensive captain player Rex of the Dallas Cowboys, Demarcus Lawrence, saying that the team was burnt out is just a big-time example of why this team needs a Rex Ryan because that mentality will not happen with Rex Ryan. It seems for me that that a dose of Rex Ryan is what the Dallas Cowboys need. You know, it gets you thinking about what how it was under Dan Quinn especially now that this report about Demarcus Lawrence saying that they were tired and whatever what does that say about the Cowboys defense right and it it makes you think and who else thinks that way obviously there was some backlash within the teammates right within I think so it was Stefan Gilmore um Michael Parsons just seemed to laugh at the situation and I think even Brandon Cooks had an opinion on it now that you have someone well known with their personality right we know how Rex Ryan is I think this is one of the best possibilities for the Cowboys one of the best options for them to go through with defensive coordinator and I like it I don't think that maybe it's the ideal one but in the position that they're in and the availabilities compared to like other uh, other um uh, coaches like Mike Zimmer, Andy said, right? I kind of like him. I kind of like Rex Ryan better. And as what it seems like, I think he's going to be the defensive coordinator. I hate I th- it. I think it's an attractive <laughs> option for the Cowboys. And I think I they'll hate go it. through I it. I hate it. I hate it. He's going to finish a job that he couldn't do in the Jets. And it's going to drive me bonkers. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> no. Here's the situation. Don't I get, mean, don't for, get ahead. 
for Dallas Cowboy fans, I think it, this is a good move because at least you can find something that you're actually waiting for and anticipating for next season. But here are the what the negatives that I see if Rex Ryan is hired as the, as defensive coordinator. It seems by reports is that the Jones family really love Rex Ryan. This is the last year that Mike McCarthy has in order to prove if he can actually make it or not. I hate it. So there can be <laughs> a, a lot of tension between Rex Ryan and Mike McCarthy because that this is not a, a Mike McCarthy hire. This is uh, this is a Jones uh, right, family hire, and and that's why head, and that's it's why like... head coaches don't want to go to the Cowboys because the Jones family meddles in and be yeah. and usually defense uh, head coaches they choose their coordinators, but with the Dallas Cowboys, uh uh-uh, uh, you the Jones family are the ones that have to say, yeah, you know what, I like him, even though they've had a really bad like defensive corners in the past under Jason Garrett. Right now, it seems like they just want some type, some type of change, and they really like Rex Ryan. I like Rex Ryan too, and it seems like based on his interviews yesterday with uh, and during uh, before the Super Bowl, he just wants to get to that Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl. Uh, I know that he did. Um, I I know that he really really wants to get that ring. So that brings in a lot of motivation to the team. I just think that there might be if there if McCarthy and Rex Ryan don't get along. That can be a big problem for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, he could I outshine think, him. He, ooh, hmm. he's a big time personality. I mean, he, the he's offense, a big time personality, and he would outshine McCarthy big time. And Dallas Cowboys he, have had a top offense like for the last few seasons. Even though for me this season wasn't that amazing for them, be, just because it was the better NFC than is the other trash. Season. Yeah, but it's because the NFC is trash, in my opinion. It, they didn't have a, a good running game. Like it wasn't. It didn't seem like they had like an identity. And and a lot of reports show that that the Dallas Cowboys didn't have an identity. They they do have the talent. They do have the plays. And their Dak Prescott here. He was looking at more like an MVP type of player. But it just didn't happen in the end. And you kind of feel like they were even though they beat the green. They they if they would have beaten the Green Bay Packers. It, wasn't going to be like a hundred percent certain that they were going to go to the Super Bowl. They were actually going to get beat by the Lions or by the 49ers. And I, I mean, I don't. I think a non-delusional Cowboys fan would agree with that. I agree. You know, it, it's really tough for me. I, I, I really like Dan Quinn. I truly like Dan Quinn. And a part of me will miss him a bit because when it worked, it worked. You yeah. know what I mean? It worked well, but. The ugly side was too ugly. And at this point, this team cannot afford that because, again, it seems like they're built for it, for the Super Bowl run. But there's always something going on. If it's not one thing, it's the other. And we've pointed fingers at Dak Prescott. We've pointed fingers at Mike McCarthy. And at the, end, at the very end, there's fingers pointed at Dan Quinn, right? Right. And now he's gone. He's the first piece to fall from that. What's going to happen next? I do think that because of the whole scenery change for the defense, someone like Rex Ryan is the perfect piece for that. And I do hope he gets hired. But you, you mentioned Jerry Jones. He's, he's the owner and the Jones family, right? They like to meddle. It's not that simple. We'll see what happens, but I think we'll leave it at that. <laughs> well, well, last one thing, because you were talking just my closing statement. You were saying that people were pointing at Dan Quinn uh, for the for the fault of why Dallas Cowboy lost. One of the biggest fingers that was pointing at Dan Quinn was Rex Ryan. He pointed out that out of the 54 plays or 52 plays that the Dallas Cowboys defense were out there, he had six cornerbacks or DBs on the field when they were getting rushed, like killed, rushed by Aaron yeah. Jones, the running back for the Packers. 
and he was uh, and Rex Ryan was like, what are you doing? So that also helps the situation for him to be the defensive coordinator. But I'll end it at that. All right. I think that's going to do it. Um, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be the end for this episode. Thank you guys again for listening to the very end. And we'd love to see you guys giving your opinion with us on our social media, which is football underscore tailgaters on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. Thank you guys again for listening. And we'll see you guys in the next episode.